Welcome. I am Sharon Pender, President and CEO of the Capital Region Minority Supply Development Council and the operator of the MBDA Business Center Washington, D.C. and the MBDA Federal Procurement Center. You know what? You are helping us make history. This is our inaugural podcast. So again, welcome to our hot chat Minority Business Connection. We created this podcast to take a deeper dive into what minority business business owners and private organizations are experiencing through this COVID economy. We have dynamic one-on-one conversations with CEOs, contracting officers, minority businesses, supply diverse, diversity professionals, and procurement leaders from some of the leading companies in the country. It is our goal to highlight the challenges, breakthroughs, resources, and opportunities that exist for our vast network across this region and across the country. But more importantly, we'd love to hear from you as we curate topics that are of interest to you. Please make sure you share your questions and ideas via our website, which is www.crmsdccares. Dot com. Lastly, sit back and relax and listen in. We're doing this the podcast way so you can listen at your leisure. And don't forget to follow us on social media at CRMSDC to stay up to date and connected with us. Thank you. In order to make all of this possible, we have to thank our sponsors. They are the companies, organizations that believe in what we're doing. Here is a partial list of our um, top sponsors, whether it's Exline and BGE and Pepco. Southwest Airlines is our official airline. And of course, we have the Hilton Capital One and, and we have um, minority business sponsors with CompuGame, JDC Events, SB Company, SP um, um, Stroud Priest, and of course, and Kumar, um, Rama Kumaran with Amcus. And here's a, just a snapshot of some of our sponsors as well. Um, and you can see our sponsors on our website at crmsdc.com. So thank you sponsors for all that you do. As we make history today with our first podcast geared specifically for the survival and sustainability of our minority businesses in this region across this country, we asked a very special person to share this moment with us. And we know that you will be pleasantly pleased. And when you leave this um, podcast, you will be well-informed because we have asked none other than Victor Hoskins, president and CEO of Fairfax County Economic Development Authority. Now. Victor's resume or bio is long enough to choke a horse, but I would advise you to check him out because his career, if nothing else, I would call him up and ask him to be a mentor because his career, if nothing else, has been one that has, um, he has delivered on some phenomenal um, projects um, that we're going to talk about in just a few, but let's talk about what he's doing right now. Victor joined the Fairfax County, Virginia Economic Development Authority known as FCEDA, as president and CEO in August of 2019. Now, remember, he's just been there since 2019. And I'll tell you why I said that in just a moment. 
Previously, he was the director of Arlington, Virginia Economic Development um, since 2015. In that role, you may remember he he's one of the things he's most known for is leading the team that successfully attracted Amazon headquartered to, to Arlington County. That is when everybody was competing for that headquarters and Victor delivered it, crossed the finish line. A deal that brings between 25,000 and 37,000 Amazon jobs to Arlington, stimulate creation of another 75,000 jobs in the Washington area and generate between 3.2 and 3, four, I'm sorry, 4.8 in revenue for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Since he arrived in his current position, Google, Facebook, Amazon Web Services, and that's really hot right now. We're going to talk about that. The global um, law firm of King and Spalding have announced locations in Fairfax County, and, and Microsoft announced a 400,000 square foot software R&D center that will have 1,500 employees. This is the largest transaction in Northern Virginia. I told you, hear me now, believe me later, this man, uh, he delivers dreams. Under his um, leadership in at, at Arlington County, he's um, successfully implemented an innovation strategy that moved it toward technology and private sector commercialization. Other successes in Arlington included Nestle, Grant Thornton, um, Micro, I'm sorry, Mastercard, Deloitte, etc. Now, previously, he's done a stint on Wall Street. He's been a deputy economic development um, deputy mayor of economic de development in the district. You may remember him during that time where he led the turnaround of the district's economy and projects such as the wharf and the city center. But during his career, he has numerous awards. I could just go on and on and on, but let's just bring him on. If you don't believe me, uh, we can hear from him directly. How are you doing, my friend? Sharon, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for helping us do this today. Um, could not think of a better person to help us move this conversation forward. I remember our time together and we served as cabinet secretaries with the state of Maryland. And one thing I could always count on, my responsibility was, was minority business. You dealt with housing, but I don't. I could always count on the brother in housing to look out for minority businesses. And I remember that you even came up with some um, um, tools, you came up with some products that minority businesses could leverage. And I, re and I remember that you looked at non-traditional um, collateral, something people weren't never thought about. Um, what non-traditional collateral could you, um, could minority businesses um, use in order to get some low interest loans? So welcome and thank you. I just get excited about everything that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sharon. Appreciate absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. So Victor, we have experienced over almost a year, actually February, a year, the, the most devastating pandemic known to man in this century. Um, and so how are you doing with that in your role? Well, um, you know, it has been, uh, I, I, I'd be, I would not be telling the truth if I said that it's been easy because it is not. Um, it has been stressful on my team. It's been stressful on businesses, um, but Within all of that, we've had a lot of victories. Um, the, the, the chair of the Board of Supervisors, um, Chairman McKay, and the County Executive Hill 
um, have provided tremendous support. Uh, the, the, the County Board of Supervisors of Fairfax provides our funding, um, but they have not only provided our funding this year, they have put incredible support behind small business. I, I, I have to talk about this one program that they created that's been imitated across the country now. It's called the RISE program, it's RISE grant program. They had never ever done grants directly to businesses but they sat down and they saw the pain. They saw the pain of our small businesses, our, our minority businesses, our women-owned businesses, our veteran-owned businesses that were really hurt by this. And these, they really focused on uh, companies with 50 uh, employees or less um, and providing grants to them to help them bridge the pandemic. Um, no one imagined it would be this long. So they're, they're really glad that they did this. But when we went out with this program, we, we went out with a goal of helping um, hopefully a thousand businesses. We helped over 4,800 businesses uh, through these grants. Um, and 72% of those businesses were minority owned, women owned or veteran owned businesses. So the money went to where uh, the, the, led, the, the uh, board of supervisors had intended and it saved jobs and it saved businesses. And what we say in my organization is if you save a job, you save a household. You save a household, you save a community. So that's what we really focus on, saving jobs right now. But it, it's been tough, but we have had some victories um, within it. Okay, great. Now, for, for those who don't understand the workings of an economic development organization, let's step back a bit. And Victor, can you tell our audience about what happens in an economic development organization? Yeah, so so economic development organizations traditionally um, are focused on um, building the economy of an area. Now, um, there are it, it, they come in many forms. Um, sometimes they are privately funded organizations, uh, and sometimes they are publicly funded organizations, and sometimes they're a combination. Like the Prince George's County Economic Development um, Organization is partially funded by the county and partially funded by the private sector. Um, then you go to um, our county, we're fully funded um, by uh, Fairfax County. Um, so there, sure. there are these combinations out there in different forms. The Deputy Mayor of Economic Development um, is actually funded by um, the, the core budget of the District of Columbia. So, so these organizations are funded differently, um, but they all fundamentally have the same um, function, which is to build the local economy. Now, every or every jurisdiction has its advantages and its disadvantages. So um, these comparative advantages are what the economic development uh, leaders look for to craft a strategy that really fits their economy. Um, and it's usually to solve a problem. Uh, for example, when I went to Arlington County, um, their problem was the vacancy rate. It had shot over 20%. So our job was to drive that vacancy rate down. And we did that by moving away uh, from, not moving away from government, but stabilizing our government tenants and then growing our private tenants. Um, when I was in the District of Columbia, it was the basic revenue. Uh, the District of Columbia had been running deficit for four or five years. The mayor had a vision of creating surpluses. And I just read yesterday that, now this is like the, since, since 2012, uh, the District of Columbia has had surpluses, and this year the surplus was $526 million, a half a billion dollars. If, if you are old enough, you remember when the District of Columbia 
had nothing but deficits was was really con- was really um, governed by a control board. Right. Um, really didn't even have its own um, hold on its own finances. That has totally been transformed. Um, right. But that's what our job is. Our job is to build the economy, um, make it resilient, uh, to create uh, to really attack up uh, you know places of problems. Uh, in DC, another issue was really driving down the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate in 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 Ward Eight was twenty three percent when I got there. It was eleven percent when I left. So you know you. Drive. You look at the problem, solve the problem. Don't think about it, solve it. Don't 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 study the problem. As my, as, as a good friend of mine says, don't admire the problem. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. And so recruit recruitment and retention, which means that all these economic development organizations, particularly in a region, I would imagine you're competing. Is that not? Or is there a regional approach? To so. Getting- yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. So let, let's let's talk about the retention versus attraction. So mm-hmm. most economic development agencies across the nation, and there, there are a few thousands of there are thousands of them. They really sometimes they manifest as a chamber. You know, sometimes they you know private organizations, sometimes it's public organization. But really, what they want to do is retain their existing businesses. Sixty six percent, two thirds of your time is spent on existing businesses. How do I help them grow? How do I help them um, you know stabilize their finances? How do I help them get the technical assistance they need. How do I help them get some free strategy from the SBA through um, through their, their their counseling program, a score counseling program? So how do we how do we help them do that? How do we help minority vendors access you know government contracts through 8A? You know how do we do that? So that's that's part of it. That's retention. But then there's attraction. Were you actually going after businesses, um, you know, in other locations to bring them here? I'll use an example um, of of, um, of a, a recent high visibility one, which was Nestle. We attracted Nestle from California, from the West Coast, three thousand miles all the way to the East Coast, from that beautiful weather in Southern California <laughs> to our, you know, sometimes great weather, but sometimes freezing weather um, in 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 the uh, in the Mid Atlantic region. And we were able to do that because we have a comparative advantage. Now, yes. Um, we we compete on one level, but we really complement each other on another level. So there's a there's a hopefully well now there's now we have a, a more regional strategy in Northern Virginia, um, the ten jurisdictions in Northern Virginia. September of 2019, we all got together and we felt like if we if we really focused on not taking each other uh, each other's businesses, but focused on bringing in and growing our existing businesses that we would all be better off and also selling each other's assets. Um, like we sell the assets of, you know, of the, of the, of the wine country. Um, and we don't have any wine country in Fairfax County, but they do in Prince William County and out there, you know, in those other counties. Um, we don't, we have some, um, for example, um, cloud computing locations. We have 29 of them, but they have about a hundred of them over there in Loudoun County and Prince William County. So, so there are these advantages that you can actually play together and it makes you stronger. So that's, that's really a big part of, of what we do now, at, at least in, in, in Northern Virginia. We're now trying to pull um, the, there's a suburban alliance in, in Maryland, the Maryland Suburban Alliance, uh, which is six jurisdictions in DC. We're trying to work together to craft um, a larger strategy for the region. And that started about, uh, about three months, four months ago. And we're now um, in the second phase of that where we're coming up with recommendations, but, but that's where we're headed. But yes, um, we do compete, but we don't compete. We try not to compete regionally. We have a gentleman's agreement um, that we won't poach. Like I won't go to another jurisdictions and take their business. Now that doesn't mean the businesses can't move because they do move, but that's an independent decision. But we don't pour a whole lot of money into pulling them out. Um, if they want to make a decision to come here, you know, because it's better for their business, you know, 
bless them. We, we want to help you, you know, yes, do that, please. But we won't incent that. But if they're coming from New York or they're coming from um, Chicago or they're coming from, you know, the I'll West Coast, all bets are off. That's competition. So, <laughs> so I, I like to call what we do locally coopetition. Competition okay. and and what we do um, nationally, um, I call that um, competition. So uh, so really, it's a it's a very interesting where so where we can work together, we do, and where we have to compete, we do. I wouldn't want to be in a dog fight with you, given your coming <laughs> um, any harm. And so I understand the the cooperation, but just um, just just give us a little tidbit what it was like because mm-hmm. that was a national. Mm-hmm competition for the Amazon headquarters. And so um, I'm sure you made a lot of new friends and a lot of admirers and a <laughs> lot of <laughs> other folks. Yeah. Well, and, well, you like, know. and take it from the perspective of, you know, for business people compete for business. And so if you look at that Amazon situation, what, what tidbits or what nuggets can you impart that, you know, we can maybe leverage? Well, you know, the first thing is that um, we made sure uh, that when we started this, that we had the right team. So I had an inc- I had incredible leaders. I had Alex Imes on my team, um, who is now on my team again in Fairfax County. He's my EVP. Um, I had Christina Wynn, um, who was my director of business investment. Um, and I have to say the team that you have internally is extraordinarily important. Um, yeah, yes, we won Amazon, but actually it was won by not just the team in, 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 in Arlington County, but we also became teammates with um, Alexandria, with Loudoun County um, and, and, all, and Fairfax County, all four worked together actually to win Amazon for a single location. Now, um, when you're doing that, you know, you, you, do, you do have some serious head-to-head um, friction outside of here because there were 238 um, attempts at getting the Amazon HQ2 headquarters. Well, with 37,000... Right. Yeah, around the country, around the country. And by the way, there was one, uh, I think, a proposal from Canada and one from Mexico. So it was really a North American competition. Uh, the, the fortunate thing was that, you know, we, we, we were able to be victorious. Um, but the competition um, was heated. I mean, and, and if you think about it, when it got down to 20 um, locations, it went from 238 down to 20 locations. When it got down to 20 locations, three of them were in this region and 17 were not. But three were in this region. That just goes to show you that Amazon was looking at the regional assets, not just at a location. They were looking at the regional assets. So, so three, uh, the D.C. was in the competition. Um, Mer- uh, Montgomery County was in the competition. Mm-hmm. And we were in the competition from Northern Virginia. And that competition uh, locally Ill- actually even highlighted even more resources that we can combine together to be attractive. Um, and we were very fortunate to win. I, I have to say the Amazon um, leaders were incredible. Um, their the the person that leads their real estate team was was phenomenal. Um, the one that re- Holly Sullivan, who leads their ec- global economic development, she was inc- she was a a great person to negotiate with. Um, it we, we and we had great partners at the state, um, the state of Virginia. So you cannot do this on your own. This this is something that you really have to do with a team, not a little team, with a big team. If you go to the Super Bowl, you better have a big team. I mean, you you can win the league and 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 not win the Super Bowl. It happens. <laughs> evident, right? And so what the lesson I'm, I'm drawing from that is that when you're going for it, make sure that you have the right team in place, regardless of what you're trying to do, big or small. Exactly. Um, so that, that's a great lesson there. And so you're at Fairfax County. Um, can you tell our listeners, um, describe, because I know 
how impressed I am with Fairfax County. So can you tell us a little bit about the county and tell us why, if I'm, if I'm a business owner listening, well, I might even consider moving my business or starting a business in Fairfax County. Yeah. Well, Fairfax County is one of those locations in our country that is uh, in, in many ways second to none. The educational system, the schools are amazing. Um, they have the number one school in the United States, Thomas Jefferson yeah. High School, number one school in the United States. And, you, and I, I said, I got to look into that. What does that mean? Well, when I looked into it, I was stunned. 100% graduation rate, 100% going to co prepared for college. Okay. And that's a public that? school. That's a public school, right? Now, when your public schools are at that level, can you imagine what your private schools are at? So, so think about, think about a person, think about a company making a location decision and they're thinking about their employees. One of the things their employees want is a great education for their kids. Sure. So that is one of the most phenomenal things about Fairfax County. Then it's centrally located. Two airports. Yes, we're not flying as much as we were before, you know, be before COVID-19. I know that. But to have access to two great airports, Reagan National and um, be, uh, and um, um, Dulles uh, International is mm -hmm. incredible. You have international access from, from, from Dulles and you have national incredible reach um, and, and some international uh, from Reagan. So those two transportation assets combined with our metro system, which is one of the best in the country, um, combined with our freeway network. Um, we have hot lanes to the airport. So we, we have these things in our infrastructure. So education and transportation, honestly, that is really hard to match. Um, it takes time to build a transportation system. Uh, I am so glad that um, the Northern Virginia, Fairfax County, uh, Falls Church, um, Loudoun County, uh, all these counties had the vision of building Arlington County, Arlington County early on, 40, 50 years ago, Arlington County was, was in the game of, of transportation. But that, those transportation assets really are important to companies. So think about that. And then these, met, these environments where you have the urban, even in the suburban, um, like you go to Tyson's Corner, there's some urban characteristics there with the suburban characteristics. And that is a, a nice rare mix. And a lot of companies look for that now because the younger workforce is always looking for something to do after work. And yes, we're not in offices right now, but we will be back. Um, I'm sure before the end of the year, hopefully by the, you know, by the middle of the summer, early fall, but those assets become very important. So, so, so to us, it's the great schools, it's great transportation infrastructure. It's um, incredible amenities in places um, like Mosaic, which is you know you know really known throughout the region. Um, and, and those are really kind of the important you know basics. But then you have stable government. You have fiscally, financially um, um, stable and, and intelligent government. If you look at our bond rating for the last 40 years, 40 plus, almost 50 years now, we've had AAA, AAA, AAA bond rating uh, from Standard & Poor's, from Fitch & Moody's. I mean, you cannot ask for better than that. Then we're in a state um, that has kept corporate uh, taxes steady for for, for 40, 50 years. And if you look at our state's AAA bond rating, it goes all the way back almost 80 years. So Stable government on top of all of those assets really um, are attractive to companies. And then listen to this, highly educated workforce. Okay, that's our secret weapon, highly educated workforce. We have one of the most highly educated workforces in the country. If you look at degrees um, and, and technical fields, science, technology, um, cyber, AI, um, drone technology, you look at those, you look at the people who are in those fields in engineering, we have the highest number 
of those technical degrees of any location in the country. Um, and the only one that's behind us is Silicon Valley. And a lot of people don't know that. And by the way, if you look at all degrees in educational attainment, you know, we're at the, you know, the, 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 really in the region, we're at the 54% um, range. We're at 60% um, in Fairfax County and Arlington County is at 73% um, BA degrees plus. It's unbelievable. So that is our secret weapon. So we take you from beginning to end. Um, lifelong learning is, is loved here and innovation is at our core. If you look at your, if you look at your cell phone, Almost every innovative component in that cell phone came from here. GPS came from Northern Virginia. Um, listen, the internet was created here in Arlington. The ARPANET was the precursor of the internet. Um, we have 70% of the internet traffic flowing through here. So I, I know I've gone on and on and I apologize. No, but, no, but, I'm mesmerized. And that's, that's, how, that's, and, and that's an important part of the conversation in terms of understanding what those assets are. So when I jokingly say, I'm ready to move, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It is because of, and I learned a lot. I'm talking about lifelong learning. I did not know about the high school. I did not know about some of those things. And we have an office in, in, um, in Fairfax County and, thank, and, and, thankful, and thanks to you, we had our first Virginia office in, um, with you in um, Arlington. Virginia. So, so thank you for that. And so now, you know, you took over this, this organization in 2019. Here comes 2020, <laughs> right? And so, um, and I don't know where you were in, in you know, uh, the last kind of dip in the reception of 2008, but when now you look at this, um, you have some of the most um, prolific um, Fortune 500 type companies or companies in your county. Um, some of them taking big hits like the Hilton, you know, hospitality. I look at some of our, our members, not only our corporate members, but our MBEs, that are in that in, in that industries that have taken those hits. Tell us what it's like when, as you watch this unfold, um, and what's the economic development uh, um, organization's role as the pandemic hits um, your your key stakeholders. You know that is that is a great question, Sharon, and it has been one of just one of uh, a very you know dynamic, rapidly moving, flexible, and pivoting. Um, is th those are the adjectives that I can use to describe right. what we did and what our businesses um, had to do. So, uh, just the first thing, and this is this was incredible. So, March eighth, um, we decided someone had um, potentially um, been exposed to COVID. We decided to close the office for a week, have a deep cleaning, and we were going to go back in. Well, we never went back. By the way, March 8th, by March 10th, we were fully 100% telework. We went from 0% yeah. telework to 100% telework in 48 hours. That's flexibility. My team was working off telephones. Only a few people had laptops, but within three months, everybody had you know, laptops. Everyone had headsets when they needed. Everyone had, you know, office equipment in the home. We transformed our organization to fit the situation and so did our businesses. Um, and one of the first things that we did is we had this talent initiative. We launched this talent site um, for the first time in, and this was an area that we weren't in, um, to attract talent, to retain talent, to train, retrain talent, to grow talent. That we, we opened that website up in April of, of, of 2020. And we had about 300 hits that month. Okay. Now we average 20,000 hits on that website a month. 
20,000 hits on a book. Wow. We've gone from 300 to 20,000. We went fully digital. We knew that if we were going to get talent and keep talent, we had to we had to get in that digital world. And then in May, um, I'm, I'm calling this all COVID impact time. So for the for the last year, I can I consider that the COVID impact time. How do you respond in the first phase? And then I think there's a second phase, the vaccination phase, and then that's the uh, the herd immunity phase. So these are three phases. So this first phase, we were really just responding to what was going on with our companies. We looked at our small businesses. We saw they were hurting. Um, the the chairman, Chairman McKay, came up with this program I told you about, the Rise Grant Program. Um, him working with um, with um, with Rebecca Modry in the Department of Economic Initiatives, and obviously the the county executive. They pushed this forward. We helped them market it. We helped uh, help people apply for it. Forty eight hundred people helped. Um, we did that in months. That happened like three or four months. That would have never happened before. And we had our, our, our CBP um, partners um, at the GMU campus. They did all the administrative and intake. We worked like a seamless team. They created dashboards. I mean, all of this was happening in flow so we could save our businesses. We wanted to save as many businesses as possible because if we save jobs, we save households, we save households, we save communities. I mean, that's really what we're up to. So, so we did that. In addition to that, we... Um, we took our in May we took advantage of the fact that so many kids were graduating from school and we did our first virtual career fair we had about a thousand um, uh, students attend we had over three thousand um, jobs job openings we had 13 companies involved and listen to this seven um, uh, historically black colleges and 23 other universities throughout the region so so we we opened the doors up to diversity we opened up the doors to everybody um, and we've had follow-ons we've we've had about four of these um, eight thousand five hundred people have participated um, you know somewhere around fifteen thousand total job offered mm -hmm. so the bottom line is that we have really um, amped up how do you use the digital format to reach your clients I have to tell you about this one event today so we have this event today the second called PPP 2.0 it's right after this so right after this I'll be on another event in that mm -hmm. event we have over 400 people People registered for that event and I thought that was amazing I was like wow four, we, we've never had like I mean in the past we would have maybe you know 20 30 40 people there are hundreds of people in a room of, right yeah yeah because of this technology yeah this technology yeah. is really really amazing and we've learned to use it better and learn to get it to the people who need it better and that's that's the big difference understanding that you're in a digital world and you have to deliver the message well in a digital format the one that really blows me away, though, is the one that's happening tomorrow. This is on aerospace and defense um, advances. That We have over 700 people registered from around the world for this webinar. 700. Mm -hmm. So we are changing how we get our, get to our clients. Um, we're changing how we work with them. Um, but, but that first transition was really all about that. This second transition is people are vaccinated. It's return to office. Mm -hmm. How do you return to office safely? How do you offer those things that are really help them, help them think about health as they move back in? And then the last, of course, is really focused on, um, um, getting back to, no to the new normal. Cause it won't be the same normal. It's going to be a new normal. Hmm. You're absolutely right. Defining what that new normal is. I read somewhere that uh, you have 41% of your businesses are owned by minorities. Um, so how do, and as you know, you know, that old economic adage that says when America catches a cold, we say minorities catch pneumonia, but pneumonia. It, it, yeah, but in, in COVID, um, just like um, the minority population, um, have devastating effects, you know, and dying, you know, some of our businesses are dying. Any advice, any resources? Um, I know you named a couple of things that 
um, that bring to bear that any advice you can give our businesses? Oh, absolutely. So first of all, if they haven't applied for PPP money, they should apply for PPP money. And don't worry about your, the size of your business. It's 10 employees or less, up to $250,000. That's the thing. People think it's only for big businesses. This allocation is really focused on small businesses. Then we have some free resources that they can tap into. Great. We have this, this, this group called Start Small, Think Big. We started working with them um, just a couple of months ago. They are phenomenal. They provide free marketing services to help you make the transition from you know, brick and mortar uh, to, 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 to technology delivery. Um, they have, um, they have uh, free um, uh, legal services. So if you're having trouble with your uh, with your, your property owner on your lease because you haven't been able to make payments or you want to work them out, they will help you negotiate that. And here you go. If you have a problem with your finances and your loan at your bank, they will help do workouts for free. They do all of this for free. And before, and, and before COVID, we only had one business counselor. We have now five business counselors. I met with them yesterday with my team. They are incredible. And these guys are like consultants. They are free consultants. They will come in, help you develop a strategy, help you approach your market, help you define your, your value proposition, help you deliver your goods. They are, and they work, and they work in brick and mortar um, as well as technology, the entire gambit. So, so if you're in any field, please take advantage of them. They are free. And then in addition to that, we have access to another 70 that are within this region um, that we can work with, that we can reach um, through our technology. So the bottom line is that we have free resources for you. So please come and get them. And by the way, it's not just us. It's also Arlington County. It's also Loudoun County. It's also Prince William County. Um, all of us are working together. We have this. We have a workshop series that, uh, that's running right now. We're on the fourth one. We had one before that, 12 free workshops on how to adjust to this COVID environment. So the, the, the technology's out there, the information's out there, the help is out there, so please reach out. And, and Victor, what I'll also offer is, you know, we have the Federal Procurement Center funded by the U.S. Department of Commerce, MBDA Center, where we help um, businesses, minority businesses, navigate the federal government. And so we offer that support as well. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for support, um, you heard Mr. Hoskins talk about the, the resources that are available. How can people reach out, Victor, to get inf more information or um, follow-up information of what you're talking about? So, if they are if they are real if they're looking for help um, for their business, you mm -hmm. can just go to fceda.org. That's our that's our website. Um, that's that's pretty straightforward. fceda.org. Or um, if you're looking for a job or if your company is hiring and you're looking for talent, uh, we have a website called workinnorthernvirginia.com. That's workinnorthernvirginia.com. That's the site that gets over 20,000 hits. We right now have 87,000 positions um, being marketed on that website. If you have some positions that you need hired in the next week, we can highlight your firm. Um, we allow firms to put their um, their logo on a map so that people can explore on their own and go to companies and dig down into what's available. But the bottom line is that we have jobs available. We have resources available. We want to help you um, because we know this. If we can save a job, we can save a household. We know if we can save a household, we can save a community. Love it. I love it. Any more things that, that perhaps I did not ask you'd like to share? Well, just that um, it has been amazing, the, the, the county response in Fairfax County, the county responses and city responses throughout the region, the federal response. I believe that people are taking this seriously. I believe that people are leading, leaning into fixing um, this thing that has come upon us. And to me, that is the greatest hope. 
that we are coordinating our work and we're not trying to do it on our own because no organization can do it. You need a big team to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you also need the best coach. And and you, because you can outcoach somebody, right? So. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you very much for that, Sharon. You're very kind. Very kind. No, no, I appreciate the time that you you're spent with us today. Uh, and again, every time I'm around you, I I um I um learn something. And I as as um so one last question before you go. Um, as you continue, and I always tease you about this, sprinkling your magic dust. Um, this, this is something, you know, that will go down. It will, this is a part of history. As we look at the influences, Victor, uh, from DC, um, change of administration, those kinds of things, as we look at the, the, um, either the devastation or the opportunities caused by the pandemic, what do you see, um, in terms of the future? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I see I see a more a greater return to to normal, um, a greater civility um, in our interactions, a greater patience in our relationships, um, a, a type of grace um, that we've been missing for for a while now. I am I am so uh, excited about just the tone. Um, of this administration, um, and also their focus on good government. You know, you have people like Antonio Doss. I don't know, you know Antonio Doss, but a no, lot right. of he is he's he's one of our um, um, resident experts. Absolutely, he is an amazing public servant. This mm-hmm. man has dedicated his entire career to public service. We, actually, he's going to be on our event. Actually, to, it's so funny. He's going to be on our event in just a few minutes, in about a, about fifteen minutes. Okay. Uh, he is he's the keynote speaker. The bottom line is this: people like him are in government, and they really want to help. And there has been a, a pejorative tone thrown over our government um, in, in the last four years, and it's wrong. Um, it's inappropriate. Um, our teachers are great. Our, our public servants are great. Um, they are dedicated. They're some of the, the finest people that I've ever met in my life. Um, I'm honored to serve in the public sector. I've been back to the public sector for the last 10 years. And you know what? I wouldn't trade those 10 years for another 10, no, for another year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years on Wall Street, because there is something about serving others that, 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 that has a reward that is beyond um, the financial and really, really affects the spirit. And I think that what we have back right now and what I'm so optimistic about is the spirit of, of, of help, the spirit of, of mm. compassion, the spirit of caring. So, that's, so for me, that's what I'm most optimistic about. Okay. And for those who don't know, what I do know about Victor, he's a very spiritual man. And I always said, Victor, this is our ministry, right? That's and right. So, <laughs> so on behalf of all of those that you have touched over the years and all of those that you will touch in the future, I say thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all of your efforts. This has been wonderful. Sir, I certainly appreciate you. Well, Sharon, it's my highest honor to be here with you today. Thank you. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. We had our first podcast, Victor Hoskins, and we have learned a lot. So thank you. Until next time, um, we will see you. Um, and stay tuned so to, for information for some upcoming podcasts.